The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I L-O-L. All right. Good evening. Good night. Whatever it happens to be for you, good morning if it's Sunday morning and you're checking this out, or whenever it is. But it is currently about 3 o'clock Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, January 27th. Uh, Just recapping the Saturday morning Eastern slate in the LCK and the LPL. We'll start with the LPL. Um, First, we had Invictus versus Ninjas in Pajamas. I said yesterday in this recording that I have never seen Rookie have back-to-back bad series in his decade-long career, at least not that I can remember. And sure enough, he bounced back with a vengeance in this one. He went absolutely bananas in this series. I think he had like 130 fantasy points or something on DraftKings. It was absolutely insane. Um, Invictus aren't good unless you should know me can carry them. NIP probably are pretty good. I think they're probably going to be like a top eight, top six team. Not much else to say about this one. It was a pretty uh, decisive 2-0 from NIP. Next up, we had maybe one of the worst series that I've ever watched in Professional League of Legends. And granted, it's January. It's early in the year. But it was like two bad teams in the beginning of the year. Ultra Prime versus LGD. We were on Ultra Prime money line in this one just because like in these bad team matchups, they're usually just a coin flip and whoever's better on the day wins. So we took the plus 144. I gotta say, so this was three 40-minute games, and they were not just any 40-minute games. These were just abysmal. Like, LGD, in the first game, LGD punted a 6K gold lead. Just, like, with, they had Corky Senna, good front line, and a fed brand. Like, they won- They lost this game with, like, a full build Corky and Senna, and brand was almost full build, and they had good front line. Against, I think they had they were against like Lucian Nami or something too. It's like, just, I, I don't know how you fucked this up. I'll just be straight up about this. Like, you have better scaling, and it was a really good example of even when you do have better scaling, you can't let teams hang around if you don't have to. Like, there's some times where you have a composition where you can't really force and engage, and that was kind of the case here. But if you have a composition that can't engage, you need to create engagements yourself by being first to objectives. And... LGD just kind of dilly-dallied around. I, I think I said fiddle-fucked around on, on Twitter or whatever. I was just tweeting about this game this morning. And, like, this was an unforgivably bad loss, even in January. Like, I, I watched this game, and I was like, this is dumpster fire tier material. And then games two and three happened. Um, LGD ended up winning this series 2-1, to one, but good lord. Game two, Ultra Prime had a 3,300 plus gold lead at 15. And just like for comparison, like over the last three years, a 3,000 plus gold lead at 15, the LPL wins about 96.6% of the time. And uh, they had a pretty good scaling comp in this game too, like better scaling. So a second unforgivable loss in this series. And then in game three, LGD were up like almost 4,500 gold. They threw it back to basically even as well. They eventually ended up winning that game, but like, I'm I'm going to keep this simple. These two teams suck. They're probably the two two worst teams in the league. 
uh, they're officially dumpster fire tier designation for me. These two teams suck. Next up, we had Top Esports against Edward Gaming, EDG. Um, this was a pretty decisive Top Esports steamroll. It was a really, neither of these games were close. It was one-way traffic as anticipated. So, yeah, Top are good. EDG, I mentioned yesterday, I think eventually they'll be okay. Maybe they sneak into playoffs, but just the way their schedule lays out, there's a chance this is this is not good. Like, their, their bottom lane is way too much of a liability right now. You, like, you're starting a complete Greenhorn support, and he's looked like a complete Greenhorn support, and, like, a lot of the bad bottom lanes in the LPL actually upgraded this offseason, so you're not going to have, like, a lot of good matchups, so... I think EDG are on alert for not making the playoffs, maybe being an extreme disappointment to a lot of people. Anyway, that's the LPL. Moving on to the LCK, we had a uh, battle of, let's say, like potentially top three teams here. Uh, Gen G against D. Uh, this was a really, really good series. Uh, we had D take a really, really spicy game one. Started off pretty even, but once they turned the corner, it was over. Uh, Keen and Chovy did a swap up. It looked like Chovy was going to take a Kali, but we know Chovy's a very good Kazante player and tank mid player. So Keen ended up swapping the uh, Akali into Olaf to attempt to overwhelm that matchup because it's tough for Kazante. Took the Kazante mid. Kingen, um, like I just said, had the Olaf. What ended up happening in this game really was just Showmaker had a field day on Silas. Uh, I, this was an impressive win. Like, Gen G had a draft that I think a lot of people would envy. Like, Ash Varus is one of the best lanes possible right now, and they they straight up just beat it. And Showmaker, dude, Showmaker is in ridiculous form right now. I haven't seen him look this good since the 2020 team, and the 2020 team for, like, 2020 Damwon, for my money, is the best. Like, that summer season into Worlds was the best like single split slash split in half of league I've ever seen. It's by in in the models anyway, it's by far the best. Uh JDG kind of approached it last year, but they were like that was like a two standard deviation team. That was the best team I've ever seen statistically. Anyway, game two, um D plus took kind of a tempo look. They play like Lucianami and Syndra as a trio. Syndra scales a little bit better than she used to, but she still has some of the same problems where she's just kind of a sitting duck that can't really escape from things. So they were trying to end the game pretty quickly and snowball off lanes. Um, this It was looking like they kind of stalled out, but they did a pretty good job of creating... Like, something D-plus did really, really well in this, and I was tweeting about this one too, is when you're playing these tempo comps, once you start stalling out, you need to keep pressing the issue. And sometimes that can look really, really bad, and people don't like it, especially if they're, you know, against it in DFS or something like that. But, like, when you're playing these kind of things, you can't just, like, sit there and hope to win. You have to keep pressuring, keep creating. And D-plus did that. They got really, really creative and actually almost, honestly, they almost mized a win out of this a couple different times, just, like, getting real creative with plays. Eventually, um, D-plus did end up losing. Like, Genji's scaling was just too strong. But I give D-plus a ton of credit. Like, you, this is exactly what you need to do with these comps. Like, just be decisive. Force Baron. Force the fight. Like, the game. if you know the game's not getting better for you, you either can play and wait for a mistake from the enemy team, or you can try to create that mistake yourself. 
I think it's way, way more plus EV to try to take the, you know, create the mistake yourself and like essentially like check them, you know, make them have it. It's like, it's like calling a bluff in poker or something like just make the other team have it. If they do, then you were losing anyway. It's no big deal. But too many teams are, they play too afraid in these kind of spots. It was good to see. I complimented RNG on that the other day too. So game three was more of just a decisive win from Gen G, like off the get, like just right off the bat. The first 10 minutes, this game was pretty much over. We got the uh, plus 1.5 maps home. Would have been nice to mize a money line win off that D2 or that game two if they could have uh, gotten it, but didn't get there. But we still cash positive on that one. Um, Nongshim Kwangdong. Kwangdong was my biggest position of the year. Game one was a little bit sweaty, but Kwangdong showed a ton of composure. And just like I mentioned with D plus just now, they showed a very good understanding of where they were in the game relative to their opponents and what their win conditions were. They had a Senna Seraphine Oriana core. All they needed to do was be patient and wait this game out. And, you know, the onus of execution was on Nongshim to kind of force the issue. And Kwangdong knew that. They were still proactive. They were still trying to end the game. So they didn't do what LGD. They didn't make the same mistake LGD made in their series. But they knew they had the scaling advantage. They just stuck together as five. They applied pressure to not let the Jacks ever get any split push pressure. And they just choked Nongshim out of the game. Nongshim had, I think, like, if I remember correctly, they had, like, two kills in the very beginning of this game. Didn't get another one the rest of the game. It was, like, a 30-something minute game. So, yeah, very, very disciplined from Kwangdong. Uh, very good look. Game two is a little bit more chippy. A lot more action. Um, stayed pretty even through the first 20 or so minutes. But Bull was getting really, really fed on Draven. And it just became a little bit too much for Nongshim to deal with. And they turned the corner and this was just off to the... I think I think it was the third dragon, if I remember correctly. They, they, just, they just... It wasn't... I think it was four people got killed or something. And Draven was just massive. And it was just over from that point. So, yeah... Nakshim still kind of showing the same flaws from last year. It's why I went against them in this position. They're impatient. They're, they they play like a young team because they are young. I mean, this is the same team pretty much. They added Call Me, but it's more or less the same team from last year. Very young players. I think eventually this team could be good. I don't like this coaching staff. I think that could change things a little bit. But um, they don't understand where they are in a given game. They're really, really impatient. They don't. They're, they don't consistently take advantage. Like, they don't show the consistent ability to progress forward when they have a lead, like to grow a gold lead. And they don't get a lot of gold leads anyway. So it's just a bad combination. Kwangdong, on the other hand, maturing very quickly before our very eyes here. Um, I don't think this is a league-winning team by any means, but I like this roster before the bull call-up, and they've just been outstanding since he's entered the equation. Um they just look decisive and confident and mature. Like like they they are making good decisions, even if they're not you know the best players. So very very good look from Kwangdong. We ended up plus two point eight three four units on the day in the East. The Western leagues are still pending. I'm recording this as the last LEC games are finishing up. LEC is looking like it might be pretty good today too, but we'll see. All right, moving on to the Sunday morning slate in the East. Uh, what I'm going to be doing is actually making this two separate podcasts, and I'll be doing LEC and LCS later on tonight. Uh, again, just toying with the format. We'll see if this works. Give me any feedback if you have thoughts on it. Um, first match in the LPL tomorrow, we have Thunder Talk Gaming, plus 192 on the money line, 
the plus 1.5 maps is at minus 175, minus 1.5 at plus 513. Against Weibo Gaming, minus 240 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 143, plus 1.5 at minus 751. TT running Hoya, Beishuan, Yukao, 1XN, and Chocho. Uh, Weibo running ZDZ, Zhao Hao, Zhao Hu, Light, and Crisp. So, this is an interesting one. Um, Thundertalk trailed in all three of their games against LNG, but ended up winning the series 2-1. They weren't down big. wasn't a statistically significant goal deficit. They just kind of relied on their late game to get there, and they kind of just played it slow and steady, wins the race, which is a little bit weird, especially in game one, because they didn't really have a great scaling comp by any means. This Thundertalk lineup looked like they want to play a similar game to last year, which was kind of like being the quote-unquote like adults in the room. You know, like they're willing to just play old... I call When I play, it's because it's how I play uh, with the teams that I've played with. I call it old man League of Legends, like kind of like what it's Hanwha is like the souped up version of this where they just kind of like play it slow and steady, let the other team screw up and just grind it out. Um, you know, you're not going to win a lot of championships doing that, but you can kind of surprise some people, especially early in the season when they're, you know, other teams are making mistakes still and try to get their feet under them. Um I the the funny thing with TT is like I was really not excited about this roster. Like I liked this team last year and the year before. They made us a ton of money because the market always undervalues them. But they're a well coached team. But I, I was a little skeptical about this roster because of the coaching coaching staff changes and everybody else upgraded at bot lane and they just kept one XN and grabbed Chocho, who's been really, really inconsistent. But I gotta say, like, one XN and Chocho straight up outplayed Gala and Mark in the first series. I thought in two of the three games. The other one was pretty even. So maybe a sophomore elite for 1XN. Um, yeah, like suddenly in a league with stacked bottom lanes, I didn't like this one, but maybe it's something. Maybe it was just a lucky match one. I don't know. We're going to have to see. But they looked good in that first match. Not dominant, but better than I thought they'd look against LNG. Uh, Weibo had that really, really weird game one that against rare Adam that they had absolutely no business winning. Um, just an absolute clown fiesta. It was, it, it honestly looked a lot like the games we saw today from L LGD and UP, which is, uh, maybe, maybe an indictment of these teams. But anyway, um, they kind of stomped game two. I, when you, I don't really know what to think. Like I have, I didn't have a lot of thoughts on Like I liked this roster, but I did think it was a definite downgrade. They are still pretty unstable in the top half of the map, which isn't all that much different. But the bot trio should be stable, and that's really, really important in this current metagame. So I think Weibo are probably still good. Maybe not quite as good as a world championship lineup, but they still have a lot of veteran leadership. They still, I mean, they still have Zhao Hu, who's just a god still. Light and Crisp are super stable. And, you know, they're going to have games, I'm sure, where they just explode like ZDZ and Zhao Hao, you know, both flip heads and they look like God tier team. And they're going to have other games where they look really bad. So yeah, I don't, I, I can't really, I can't really convince myself to take a side here. If you force me to, I'd probably lean like thunder talk, but I didn't play anything on the side here. Um, similarly, because of like what we've seen from these two teams, kill total unders are interesting. Kill total unders have generally been killing it in the LPL in general, but, and these two teams, like, 
from what we saw in the first two games, they look totally willing to play slow and steady, but I don't know if that was just like a specific matchup plan for those the, the teams they played in game one or if it was just, you know, the coincidence. So I didn't end up playing it, but I lean kill total unders. What I did play is the over 30 minutes. Now, I'm laying a big number on this. I played map one over 30 minutes at minus 190 for one unit and map two over 30 minutes at minus 190 for one unit. The reason I'm doing this is like almost 80% of games are going over this number in the LPL at the moment, and I, I that's not sustainable. I don't think that's going to happen, but 30 minutes is too short. I think that's kind of assuming that these two teams – like I think that's assuming last year's rosters and last year's like – this is assuming that Weibo just completely steamrolled this map, which, I mean, could happen. But this these two teams look kind of like they want to play slow. The metagame in general is very, very slow right now in the LPL. And TT are generally just a pretty slow team in like every iteration that we've seen from them. So I think these games could be pretty competitive. I don't think it's going to be one-way traffic, but I could be wrong about that. So I I, I did play the, the time total over 30 minutes in the, in this game. Next up, we've got Rare Atom plus 717 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 185, minus 1.5 at minus, uh, plus 1465 against the uh, defending LPL champs, JD Gaming, uh, at minus 1152, minus 1.5 maps at minus 229. We're getting Xiaoshu, Nayu, Vikla, Asim, and Zora from Rare Atom, and then we're getting the new look JDG line. This is the first time we've seen them. We're getting Flandre, Kanavi, Yagao, Ruler, and Missing. So... Normally, I love fading favorites like previous champions or previous teams that were previously good the year before, especially if it's like a world champion. Uh, not that we're going to get that luxury here, but because it, what ends up happening is you see a ton of price memory, and very often that roster doesn't stay intact. And even when it does, they usually have an abbreviated offseason if they made a deep run at Worlds or something like that, which JDG did. So. JDG swapped out mid and top, but they did retain, like, what I I think the most important part of this lineup, as good as, you know, 369 and Knight were last year, like, the fact is, like, the, the, the real meat and potatoes of this lineup, so to speak, is, like, is the Kanavi ruler missing trio, and they kept that intact. I don't, I actually don't... I don't think JDG are going to be all that different a team. I think they're still going to be very, very good, but they did change, they did move on from home, uh, their head coach. Um, they brought in Mafa, who's also excellent, but a very different style of coach. So I, I think JDG, this roster looks insanely good still. Like, it doesn't look all that different. Like, it, I don't think it's a massive downgrade. I think maybe a slight downgrade at both positions. And um, they should still be very, very good, especially in the current meta where, like, having a strong bot lane matters a lot. They have ruler missing. So, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> they're, this is a good team. And Rare Adam. Looked pretty good in their first match, but I don't think Rare Adam are going to be a good team. I think they're probably going to be a bottom four team. And, you know, it. your gut tells you, it's like, oh, it's just it's JD Gaming. Take them to sweep. Rare Adam sucks. Yeah, but it is map. It is like the first match of the season. They do have a new coach. If, they, if it was the same JDG running it back with everything the same, I probably would have backed them here. But I don't know how... Like, the new staff is going to have them playing. I don't know if Flandre Yagao have gelled with the other three or not. I would imagine it's a pretty seamless transition, but I just don't know. And I'm not going to lay 229 for them to sweep a team that's already played some stage games and has their, you know, has their rust shaken off a little bit. So I'm not going to play anything here, but I don't know. 
if I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you for just being like, oh, it's JDG at a, that kind of number, just slam it because it's gonna be minus twenty five hundred later, whatever. Uh, no, no play from me. Last up, we have OMG plus two thirty four on the money line, plus one point five maps at minus one twenty nine against. Uh, oh, uh, minus one point five at plus six thirty seven against LNG Esports, minus two ninety eight, minus one point five maps at plus one of six, plus one point five at minus nine eighty eight. OMG are running Cube, Xiaofangs, Angel Starry, and PP God. LNG are running the same lineup we saw earlier this week. Or actually, both these teams are, but uh, Zeka, or Zika, Weiwei, Scout, Gala, and Mark. Um, I know LNG looked rough in their first series. They got kind of surprised by TT, but I, again, TT, I didn't have a lot of expectations for that team, but just like they've been doing for years now. That team is almost always just better than the market thinks they are, so maybe not as dramatic and upset, especially on day one, as people think. I'm kind of... This is a little bit speculative, kind of a leap of faith, but I, I think LNG get right here. Uh, from what we, the two matches we've seen from OMG, even though they beat WE, OMG haven't looked particularly good to me. They look kind of like all over the place. They're messy. Uh... Their macro is not great. They had a, some pretty big leads to win that first series, and they still almost kind of messed up one of those. I think LNG will get right here. I, I played LNG minus 1.5 maps to plus 106 for one unit. Bit Like I said, it's a bit of a leap of faith. Uh, you know, I wouldn't fault you for not tailing this one, but I'm, I, I think LNG get right. It's kind of a gut handicap, I'll admit. Moving on to the LCK for Sunday. Uh, last day of week two, we have OK Brion Savings Bank plus 121 on the money line, plus 1.5 mass at minus 253, minus 1.5 at plus 324, versus DRX minus 146 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 202, plus 1.5 at minus 433. So, Brion have faced a pretty tough opening schedule. Faced a few of the top, they faced all teams that I think are going to be playoff teams. Uh, the thing is, though, like, even though they're facing good teams, we've just seen, like, basically zero signs of life from this team. I, unfortunately, it's looking like Brion might be the worst team. Like, right now, I, I mentioned, like, in that tier list discussion the other day in the LCK that there's, like, a the bottom three teams, like your C tier or D tier teams are uh, OK Brion, Nongshim, and DRX. Of those three teams, I, I think... Nongshim and DRX have shown a pulse at various times. Obviously, you know, Nongshim actually won that first series, but they've shown, like, at least something. But I think OK Brion and Nongshim are, like, your clear worst two teams. I think DRX isn't good at all, but they're better than both of those teams. And this is a bit, like, transitive property and all that, but, like, DRX we've at least seen some signs of life from. We've seen a couple good things. Their last series was actually pretty good. You never really know how these series against bad teams go, which is usually why, like, most of the time they're like a coin flip, just take the underdog. But I think DRX have shown me enough here. Like, I think they've shown that they have enough of a pulse that I'm I'm going to play DRX on the money line at minus 146. Not playing the sweep. I think DRX get this one done. So one unit on DRX money line minus 146. This could end up backfiring. This team did get to 0-2 by Nongshim to start the season, but they looked a little better in the last two series. So, yeah. Next up, we have T1 minus 172 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 179, plus 1.5 at minus 517. 
against Tama Life Esports, plus 141 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 222, minus 1.5 at plus 377. I think everybody saw this one coming. It was just a matter of how I was going to stake it. Uh, I'm playing T1. So I play T1 money line, minus 172 for one unit, and the uh, minus 1.5 maps at plus 179 for a quarter unit, 1, uh, 0.25. This is, like, if you go by the numbers, you should actually just bet Hamwa Life like purely by the performance data and everything. But as I've discussed ad nauseum all week and all last week, uh, Hama Life are just always going to struggle with the elite teams until they show that they are willing to engineer advantages and force pre and force leverage on their own. Um, Hama Life are kind of playing this the same way they did so far. This could change. And if, you know, if it does, then so be it. And good for them. And, you know, they'll have gotten me. But... You, they're just kind of playing this like sit around and wait for the other team to screw up style. And against the elite teams, that doesn't work because they rarely make critical mistakes. And this is the problem that Hamwa had last year, why they were never able to beat the good teams, the top teams, but they just completely you know, bushwhacked everybody underneath them, right? They, I think they had one loss all year long to like the bottom half of the table. So... But they, I, don't, I think they had maybe one win against the good teams because playing that way, you're not going to get there. Just straight up. Not with any amount of consistency or whatever. I would almost like to, I would, I would rather see this team try and fail at that stuff, and which is what I've been harping on with them. Anyway, I, I've said these points a bajillion times already. I'm not going to go into it again. But um, I was really hoping we'd get a better price on this. I was kind of monitoring this market all week. I was going to fire early, but it's pretty much stayed within the same realm. Um, if we got a shorter price, I was going to stake up on this and go double stake on T1 money line, but I'm just going to play it for one unit now, just because, you know, the, I think the price is probably closer to what it's. Eh, I don't know. I'm just going to play for one unit because I think there's a chance that Hamwa are actually maybe they're sandbagging something. Maybe they've just been playing that way because they're against the bad teams. But I'm not buying it, and I'm going to pay to see it. I'm just going to not. I'm just not going to pay a double stake to pay to see it. I guess so. Um. Just to recap here, we got, I'm just going to go backwards to this. We had T1 money line minus 172 for one unit, T1 minus 1.5 maps plus 179 for a for 0.25 units, DRX money line minus 146 for one unit, LNG minus 1.5 maps at plus 106 for one unit, uh, no plays in Rare Adamverse JDG, and in Thunder Talk Weibo Gaming, we played map one and map two over 30 minutes at minus 190 each for one unit. That's going to be it for um, the Eastern Slate. I'm going to do a separate podcast for the LEC and LCS. I actually have to go VOD review some of the uh, LEC games for tonight, uh, for Sunday, or from Saturday for Sunday's games. Don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, leave a review. Hit me up if you you know have any requests or have any thoughts on formatting or whatever. And obviously back me up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash gelati, LOL. Have a good Saturday night or Sunday morning, whatever, whenever you were listening to this, and I will have the uh, Western podcast out in a little bit.